The coaching carousel continues to spin in the college football world, and Notre Dame was affected by it once again. Special teams coordinator Brian Mason is leaving to join the Indianapolis Colts, but his replacement might already be in South Bend. All that and more on today's edition of Locked On Irish. You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Irish. It is Monday, March 6th, and thank you for getting your week started with us by making this your first listen today and every day. The show is free and available wherever you get your podcast. plus you can watch the show on YouTube as well. If you're listening to the podcast, give yourself some good karma for the week by hitting that subscribe button, rate and review the show, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can like the video below and subscribe to the channel. My name is Tyler Wojak, and I am the host, as I am every day on this show. I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018. I've been podcasting about the football team since 2020, and I'm also a producer for college football talent at the Fox Sports headquarters in L.A. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the fact that key members of Notre Dame's coaching staff continue to be coveted by teams at the college and professional level. I'll explain what went down, what it means for Notre Dame, and where the program goes from here as we get closer to the start of spring practice. So let's start with the bad news. Unfortunately, um, on Saturday, Matt Freeman from Irish Sports Daily reported that Brian Mason is expected to leave Notre Dame to become the special teams coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. On Sunday, Freeman also reported that graduate assistant Chris Watt was also leaving to take a job with the Colts. Now, the good news is that multiple reports indicated that running backs coach Dylan McCullough, wide receivers coach Chancey Stuckey, and safeties coach Chris O'Leary each received a ton of interest from NFL and college teams, but the three of them ultimately decided to stay at Notre Dame for now. And the only reason I'm saying for now is because these situations are fluid and you never know what jobs might open up. But as of now, they're all expected to stay on for at least this season, and I think that they will. So let's start with Brian Mason leaving for the Colts. First off, congratulations to Coach Mason and his family because it sounds like this is literally a lifelong dream come true for him. Um, Mason grew up in, in Zionsville, Indiana. I hope I'm saying that right, which is 25 minutes north of downtown Indianapolis. His wife is from the area, and Mason's favorite team growing up was, you guessed it, the Indianapolis Colts. From Notre Dame's perspective, this move is obviously a bummer. I mean, Mason was phenomenal phenomenal last season for the Irish and managed to, to, to turn Notre Dame's special teams around from being below average to arguably one of the team's biggest strengths last season and one of the top units in the entire country. Um, and last year, Mason made special teams must-see TV. Like, I was on the edge of my seat every time the opponent went out there to punt the ball. And, you know, uh, there were some ups and downs last seasons, but special teams, and especially that punt block unit, was something you could count on each week for Notre Dame. And I really I can't believe how excited I was for that. The block punt uh, that was returned for a touchdown against Clemson was arguably one of the defining plays of all of last season, which is is crazy to say when you think about where Notre Dame's special teams was before him. So independent of anything else, uh, Mason's decision to leave is a negative for Notre Dame. I don't think you'll find many who disagree with that because it's true. Um, but I've seen a lot of people jump to the conclusion that Mason's departure represents a bigger problem at Notre Dame because he is now the third key assistant on the staff to leave during this offseason. Tommy Reese obviously was the first coach on the move. He left Notre Dame to become the new offensive coordinator at Alabama at the start of February. And then Harry Heastan, the offensive line coach, retired for the second time not long after Reese left. So is it true? Do these moves represent a bigger problem at Notre Dame? The answer, in my opinion, is an emphatic no, because this stuff happens all the time. 
in college football. And it will continue to happen to every team with a coaching staff that's worth a damn. Nowadays, it, it honestly feels like the average tenure for an assistant coach at one school is like two to three years. It's an incredibly difficult job day in and day out. And in order to move up and advance your career in that industry, you've got to take advantage whenever your stock is high because that can change in a hurry. And there's a lot of times when your stock could change dramatically and it might not even really be your fault. Let's look at uh, Joe Brady, for example. Okay, so he was obviously the offensive coordinator during that 2019 season when LSU had maybe the best offense in the history of college football. And after that season, he could have taken pretty much any job he wanted in the country. He was that coveted. He had a uh, he previously coached with the Saints. That's how LSU found him. And he wanted to get back to the NFL. So he left LSU after just one season to join the Carolina Panthers. A year and a half later, Brady was fired. Like, it happens fast. Not just at the college level, at the pro level. Your stock can change in a hurry. So I don't ever fault these coaches for making moves when their stock is high. And Mason's stock was incredibly high after last season because of what he was able to do for Notre Dame. So let's dig a little bit deeper on the Notre Dame coaches who did leave, and then we'll sort of analyze what their situations were. And I'll admit, the optics surrounding Tommy Reese's move they weren't great for Notre Dame. I'll, I'll give you that. I totally understand why Reese did it because it was not a lateral move, regardless of title. It was a promotion for him and overall the impact it will have on his career. But it, it sucks seeing one of your own, someone who played at the school and had coached at Notre Dame for, I think, the past five seasons, leave for a school that you want to beat. Like Notre Dame wants to beat Alabama, and even though they're not direct competition and that Notre Dame doesn't you know, play Alabama during the regular season – that's who Notre Dame aspires to be at this point, and it sucks when your offensive coordinator leaves to go to that school, even if I get it. So, yeah, that, that sucks for Notre Dame. But for Heastand, I mean, that decision wasn't a surprise, at least to me. He's 64 years old. He's already been retired once, and clearly Reese was the reason he came out of retirement in the first place. At that stage of your career, I understand why you wouldn't want to work for a new boss and have to continue doing something you hate doing, uh, like recruiting, which... I think it's uh, been well reported that he stand wasn't a fan of, and I, I totally get that. I, I, I can't even explain to you how crazy recruiting is to me. Like I understand it's a very important and necessary part of the job, but having to having the success or failure of your job be determined by the decisions of sixteen to eighteen year olds is just nuts. And credit to these coaches and the work that they put in on a daily basis to recruit and get guys to campus because it is just a lot to deal with, especially now with NIL and all that. But let's go back to Mason here for a second because it's clear that the opportunity to coach for his favorite team, the one that he grew up rooting for, was too good to pass up, and I totally get that. Um, In Matt Freeman's article, he indicated that if it were any other team, Mason would have turned it down. And Irish Illustrated reported that Notre Dame was willing to pay pretty much anything to Mason. They would they were willing to match any offer financially, and in the end it just came down to Mason's own aspirations because as much as coaches at any level preach about the team, the team, the team, they're inherently selfish, and they have to be. like that. I don't mean that as a negative. Coaches have to be selfish when it comes to their own careers uh, for all the reasons I just mentioned. So for comparison's sake, let's look around the country and see what other top teams are dealing with. Okay, Alabama, they had to hire two new coordinators this offseason. Georgia, they just won a national championship back-to-back. Their offensive coordinator just left for the NFL. Ohio State, they had to hire a new offensive coordinator this offseason, and they had to hire a new defensive coordinator uh, the year before. Like, it just it happens all the time at any level. And when it comes to coaching a college compared to the NFL, like, it's a no-brainer. 
I, and I love college, college football rather, way more than the NFL. But for a coach, the two jobs are like night and day. The obvious reason being that you don't have to recruit, which I just mentioned. But in this era of college football, you've also got NIL to worry about. You've got to worry about the transfer portal. So even though you spend all that time recruiting guys and you get them to come to your school and then you get there, they could leave at literally any time. And that's the coach's responsibility to monitor all that. Whereas at the NFL level, you've got a GM handling the, the finances and you've got a whole front office, a scouting department to work on all the other stuff that you don't want to have to deal with. So I get it, right? And j- let's just look at it from this perspective, right? You can't have a great coaching staff and not expect other teams to want a piece of it, right? Like you can't have a super attractive girlfriend and not expect other guys to try to make a move on her. Like that doesn't make any sense. So, like, imagine if you started dating someone like Sydney Sweeney, right? Like, she's kind of good looking, I guess, if you're into perfect tens. Um, but imagine that, right? Like, you start dating her, and you're on top of the world. And, hey, good for you, man. What a catch. But then you realize, wait a second. It turns out that every other guy in the world also wants to date Sydney Sweeney. And they're not shy about their intentions. You, you can't be shocked when that happens because it's ridiculous, right? Although... It would be kind of funny if that's how it worked, right? Like you start dating one of the most attractive people on the planet and everyone is just cool with it. I mean, you must got the juice if that's the case. But I don't think it is here. So like it or not, that's just how the world works. Assistant coaches are extremely important to the success or failure of any team. So other teams are going to want to get the best assistant coaches at the NFL level, at the college level. It doesn't matter. So when you've got really good coaches on your staff, like Notre Dame does, other teams are going to try to take them away to improve their team. That's how it's always been and how it always will be. Notre Dame is no different. The good news for Notre Dame, though, is that it looks like Mason's replacement is already on campus. Multiple reports have indicated that Marty Biaggi, the current special teams coordinator at Ole Miss, will be in South Bend today on Monday for his official interview. And by all accounts, it seems like Biaggi will be hired as Notre Dame's next special teams coordinator in the very near future. So who is Marty Biaggi? Everything you need to know about Brian Mason's likely replacement coming up next. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about Bilt Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Bilt Bar. We're all trying to eat a little healthier, but don't always want to sacrifice taste. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, cookies and cream, and so much more. These bars taste like candy, but only have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and have a whopping 17 grams of protein. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. And by the way, you don't need to wait around to get a box. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So head to your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars, and you'll thank me later. All right, now that we've covered Brian Mason's decision to leave Notre Dame for the Indianapolis Colts, let's let's talk a little bit about his likely replacement, Marty Biagi. If something comes out uh, by the time this is released that Biagi is not in the running, I would be shocked. It really seems like Biagi is going to be the guy. So here's what you need to know. First off, Biagi... Uh, was a candidate for the Notre Dame job last season before Freeman ultimately decided to go with his guy, Brian Mason, someone who he coached with at Cincinnati. They have a history with it. It made a ton of sense for him to go with Mason. But Biagi spent last season as the special teams coordinator at Ole Miss, and before that, he was the special teams coordinator at Purdue for the previous two seasons. He joined the Purdue staff after spending the previous three seasons in a similar role. I don't think he was technically the special teams coordinator, but you know he 
played a big part in it, at North Texas and was a special teams analyst at Notre Dame in 2016. So, Biagi went from being an analyst to being the special teams coordinator at Notre Dame in a matter of seven seasons. That's pretty impressive. So, a lot of people are wondering, is it a good hire for Notre Dame? My answer would be, I don't know. <laughs> like, any assistant coaching hire, there are so many variables involved. And I've seen some people... Um, who cover Notre Dame, have, who have called it a fantastic hire. I've seen others say it's a big reach for, Notre, or for, big reach for Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, really. But I really don't know. Like, there's guys who come to certain situations as an assistant coach, and they've got a great resume. It doesn't work out. And then there's the inverse of that. Famously, Harry Heastan came to Notre Dame after an abysmal run at, at Tennessee where the stats were really bad, and it didn't look like a ton of people had a ton of great things to say a uh, ton of good things to say about Harry Heastan, rather. And uh, we all know how that turned out. <laughs> I think Harry Heastan did all right at Notre Dame. So it's really just, you know, who do you want to believe? But what I do know is that Marcus Freeman clearly recognizes the importance of special teams and makes it a priority, which goes such a long way uh, for any unit, but specifically special teams, right? Like, just look at USC. Lincoln Riley he's ma- has made it very clear that he does not priorita- prioritize special teams and their unit suffers as a result. He doesn't even have a special teams coach on staff. And you reap what you sow there. Like, USC was not good at special teams last year. And it really cost him in that game against Tulane in that bowl game. They lost on a uh, fumbled kickoff return that gave Tulane a chance to uh, come back. So that's not the case for Freeman. He correctly recognizes that special teams is a crucial, crucial function of any team. Like, he's part of the meetings. He wants starters on every special teams unit. Like, that alone is hugely important because you hear so many times coaches don't want to put starters on special teams because they're afraid they might get injured on that plane. It's a waste. Like, that's not how it should be. You want your best players in the field at all times. And, I mean, obviously, when you can give your guys a break and it makes sense within the context of the situation and the team, like, obviously do that. But you want special te- you want starters on your special teams. Like, look at how good Isaiah Foskey was last year for Notre Dame on the pump block unit. So I think from that standpoint – Biagi has all the support and resources to put together a really strong special teams unit at Notre Dame. And even though we can't say for certain whether or not he will have the same success that Brian Mason did, we at least know what the expectations are for this group because Mason showed us what was possible last season. So let's take a look back on last season, right? So Brian Mason famously tweeted about the accomplishments of his group after last season. After last season. And, you know, he kind of threw in some shade to the previous guy, a.k.a. Brian Polian, who just got demoted at LSU. He was the one guy who left Notre Dame to our for LSU with Brian Kelly, had one season as a special teams coordinator there, and they were god-awful. Like, they were, they were so bad. So now I think he's in, like, a GM role. But anyway, let's focus on Mason's tweet here because here are the stats that he focused on, right? Average field position for the offense, defense, and the net overall, winning the field position battle versus the opponent, net punt and opponent's net punt, blocked punts, punt return average, total punt return yards, and how often the offense was able to start in plus territory, and then the FEI efficiency rankings for the special teams, which is sort of the the biggest one there because that metric uh, combines kickoff return, kickoff, punt return, punt, and field goal efficiency all into one overall rating represented as as the team standard deviation above or below the average. So that's what Mason prioritized. That's what he focused on, and he felt like those stats – best represent a special teams unit success or failure. So how did Notre Dame fare at those metrics? Well, really good at field position. They finished first overall in offensive starting field position, fifth for the defense, and it netted out to number two overall. 
really good. As for the field position battle, Notre Dame won that 11 out of their 13 games. And by the way, they were 0-2 in the games that they lost the field field possession battle. Net punt and opponent's net punt. Notre Dame finished 24th last season in net punt and finished third in opponent net punt, so they won the punt battle by an average of 10 yards. It's pretty damn good. And then the famous one, six different players blocked a total of seven punts. That was the most in the country, and man, was that fun. Punt return average, 27th in the country. Total punt return yards, 14th. Return percentage, 7th in the country. The offense started in plus territory, following a special team's play 20 times. 14 of those were due to the punt block unit doing their job. So overall, the special teams unit finished sixth in the FEI efficiency rankings. So what does all this say? It says that Notre Dame had a great special teams unit last year. We all know that. Now, this type of performance is the expectation going forward for the Notre Dame special teams. That's how the fan base is going to look at it. That's how Freeman will look at it. So how have Biagi's units been able to do in the previous stops? Not great at the FEI efficiency ratings. I'll just be completely honest, all right? So Ole Miss finished 99th in it last season, and then when he was at Purdue, they finished 103rd 2021 and 114th in 2020. Not great. It's not the only thing that matters because, as Jamie Uyayama of Irish Sports Daily pointed out on Twitter, Biagi is a former college kicker, and his kickers have never had a worse field goal percentage than 77.8%, and he's had three kickers make 84.9% of their kicks are better, which is Really good. And look, as much as we love the blocked punts, having a really reliable kicker is so vital to a team. And honestly, I'd rather have that. Further, Biagi was a two-time finalist for the Football Scoop Special Teams Coordinator of the the Year Award. So he didn't win it, but a finalist says a lot about him. And shout out to Football Scoop, by the way. Like, I'm becoming more and more familiar with their work, and they were on it with all these coaching moves way before everyone else. So credit to those guys over there. They do a, a phenomenal job. Anyway, back to Biagi. When he was at North Texas, his unit scored six special teams touchdowns in three years, blocked nine punts, and four kicks. So that's really impressive. And the stats from the previous stops are what they are, but they're not everything, right? The important thing for me is that he has experience, he's had success, and he was the first guy Freeman wanted once Mason decided to leave. That's a good sign for Notre Dame because in his brief stint as head coach, Marcus Freeman has already made some really, really impressive hires. Like Chancey Stuckey and Dylan McCullough immediately come to mind. And the fact that Freeman moves so quickly on Biagi shows you what he thinks of him and should make us fans feel better about it as a result. So will Biagi succeed? I don't know. There's a lot of different things that go into that. I think he will. I think he's had success in the past, and I think he's going to have everything he needs to succeed at Notre Dame. But is it going to be Brian Mason? I don't know. Brian Mason really set the bar high, and we'll see if Biagi will be able to deliver next season and beyond. But speaking of those hires, Chancey Stuckey and Dylan McCullough also received a ton of interest from NFL teams after just one season at Notre Dame, along with safeties coach Chris O'Leary. But it looks like all three are going to stick with the Irish. What does that mean for Notre Dame? The answer, coming up next. Okay, so coming into this offseason, I thought Dylan McCullough was the most likely to leave Notre Dame, given his NFL background and the fact that he almost took the Giants job last season, like a week after accepting the Notre Dame job. I remember where I was when when I saw... The reports like Notre Dame's recently hired running backs coach already looking to leave. And this was not long after uh, the reports surfaced about Reese interviewing at Miami. And it was it was just a weird time, right? Because Notre Dame had all this momentum after the Freeman thing and all the coaches were coming back. And then they didn't. And then Notre Dame lost Lance Taylor. They lost John McNulty. And then Reese is interviewing at other jobs. Everyone's like, what is going on? And I, I don't know. It's, a, it's just a weird time. Obviously, Dylan McCall decided to stay at Notre Dame. But considering how 
well Notre Dame's running backs played last season, it seemed obvious that he was going to be a hot commodity uh, for any coaching job, for college or pro. So this offseason, not surprisingly, he received a lot more interest from NFL teams, some college teams, but it looks like he's locked in and will remain at Notre Dame. As for Chancey Stuckey, he really has come a long way since last season, right? When he was hired by Notre Dame, people were freaking out in the message boards because they had never heard of him before. He was young. He didn't have a ton of experience. And now he's one of the most important guys in the staff and received a lot of interest, but he appears to be locked in and removed his name from consideration for other jobs. Now, if for whatever reason, the Clemson wide receiver job opened up. I'd be a little bit worried about Stuckey. That's his alma mater. That's where he played. But for now, that's not the case. And it looks like he's going to be at Notre Dame for the foreseeable future. Chris O'Leary, safeties coach. He was getting interest from multiple NFL teams as well and was even linked to the Baltimore Ravens, which is where former Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton plays. O'Leary is very young. Uh, and he was actually hired by Brian Kelly, but he's very highly regarded. He was critical to Kyle Hamilton's development and Jeremiah owusu Kormo's development as well. So the fact that all three of these guys decided to stay at Notre Dame, I think is a really good indicator of where Notre Dame is at because McCullough and Stuckey are in great situations going into next season because – Look at the running back room, man. Three to four studs, a great offensive line. His stock is going to go up likely. As for Stuckey, they got a great influx of young talent due in part to his recruiting prowess because Notre Dame was able to sign four guys in this class. I'm I'm really excited to see what they can do, especially in their freshman year. We know how Notre Dame is about freshman receivers getting playing time, but who who knows what will happen this year. So Stuckey's in a great position. O'Leary's, though, is a little bit tricky. All right, But it will be a great opportunity for him to prove himself as a coach because there's no Kyle Hamilton. There's no Brandon Joseph. Um, Xavier Watts looked really good by the end of last season. Uh, DJ Brown is back. But I don't know. Safeties are a bit of a concern for me right now. But O'Leary and his guys could potentially prove me wrong. So it's great for Notre Dame that all three decided to say it sucks Mason left. But that's that's just what happens, right? And like I was saying in the open – As long as you have good coaches on your staff, other teams are going to try and poach them. And the fact that NFL teams were going after McCullough, Stuckey, and O'Leary, that says a lot about Notre Dame staff. I mean, I've seen a lot of people refer to Marcus Freeman's staff as an all-star, like a a cast of all-stars. Like, that's nuts, okay? And I know that the record wasn't great last year, 8-4, and certainly not acceptable. But as a fan, I feel like you've got to – you've got to feel very comfortable about where Notre Dame is at and where the program is trending because the Reese move sucked. Mason leaving is a bummer, but I get it. But again, Notre Dame's coaching staff is extremely coveted by a lot of other teams at the highest level of football. Okay, Marcus Freeman has not been a head coach for very long. He has been really good with his hires. And that, honestly, might be one of the most important things for a coach at any level is to hire a great staff, right? And the early returns so far on the hires that Freeman has made have been great. It's great that these guys are sticking around for the most part. Obviously, bummer that Mason leaves. But I think as a Notre Dame fan, you know, I I know that fans hate to hear it when people say, well, coaches getting interest from other schools is a sign of a healthy program. And like it or not, I think it's true, right? You can't have one without the other. You can't have a great coaching staff without other people trying to get them. And for now, Notre Dame's three of their most important people on their staff – in Chancey Stuckey, Dylan McCullough, and Chris O'Leary are coming back to Notre Dame for next season. And for now, it seems like the coaching staff is set, but you never know. You know how things are in college football. Coaches leave all the time, and, and it happens quickly, right? So this is the staff for now. I think it's going to stay that way. 
But who knows? And if hey, if there is some more movement, you know I'll be talking about it here on Locked On Irish. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you for making us your first listen today. Whether you're watching or listening, please remember to subscribe to the show and give us a follow on Twitter at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, or my personal Twitter account at Tyler W O J C I A K. For your second listen, check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape, all on Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you guys tomorrow.